Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Cody Rhodes and The Rock Fallout. New beginnings in New Japan gives us Will Ospreay's last match and one of Okada's last matches. Darby Allen calls out the Young Bucks Oof. and the Wolf Dogs are your new NXT Tag Champions. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. <laughs> that motherfucker, I swear. I don't know how long the Braun and uh, Baron gonna hold it, but I will help them to hold it for a while. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, aka Big Bronson Andy Reed. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? We are a part of the Beaver Nation. And on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 347. Chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart saith, hashtag, who the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat, the holy trinity of BFR. Good to be back. Thanks for holding it down. Great episode. It made me feel like I was a person that just didn't know what the fuck was going on. You guys set a beautiful picture, especially with the press conference. I actually watched the press conference and then watched SmackDown. That's how good you guys did. So great job last week. So you had not watched the press conference by the time you had listened to our podcast. Zach and I talk about it. We were pretty gushing about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, like, damn. I'm like, okay, so I got to go just watch this shit. So uh, I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, okay. Cannot, Never mind. Cannot <laughs> wait to hear Jason's thoughts about this. Uh, two Beer Zach Poen is unable to be with us tonight due to some family issues. We will hold it down for him. We will see him next week. Vice will be joining us later. We're coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri, where it's been really nice and spring-like and tomorrow it's supposed to snow. So, <laughs> Whatever. There's your fucking weather report. <laughs> say St. Louis say shit, boy. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we, you know, Cody and the Rock thing, that was a, a huge thing that happened right before we went on, uh, we went on the air last week. Like I said, um, Jealous. As the biggest Great One fan that I know, uh, Jason Cornelius Bell is here. I I am just, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. So, without further fuck ado. Fuck it. Let's get it started. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Jason, let's just start off right there, just because it was so fresh last week, and right. I want to hear what your thoughts are about the press conference, and then, uh, you know, just lead us into what happened this week, the fallout. So I did, like I said, I watched the press conference or whatever, and it felt like a a UFC big fight feel, and I think that's part of what makes this UFC WWE uh, connection partnership, whatever word you want to use, it feels like it's going to be something that's going to really captivate going forward, and this was a, a really good way to do it. Wasn't sure exactly how things were going to play out. I got the overview of the press conference listening to the pod last week, but I had to stop listening to it because I did want to have some sort of surprises going into it. Um, Rock and Roman, you know, apparently joining forces was a little weird to me, but apparently that's going to be a thing going forward because obviously Roman and the rock will be on SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, 
that should be very, very interesting to see where that goes. Uh, just as a rock fan, I'm curious to see how far he's going to lean into this heel rock. Are we going to get Hollywood rock back, which was one of my favorite iterations of the rock as he came back? I want to hear that slow, like grinding rock theme very you know more guitar than anything else uh is cooking i believe is the name of the song so if you you want to check it out you can hear it for yourself um i'm still still thinking it's going to be a cody roman wrestlemania match somewhere along the line i think rock gets in the ring i can see a tag match perhaps that might be pushing Seth a little bit too much. I'm just nobody really knows what his health uh, is right now. What it would be going into Elimination Chamber if they decided to get cute and do a tag match in between. I don't think that they would do that. So ultimately, it would boil down to the WrestleMania Night Two. That would probably still be the main event of Night Two if I'm unless something weird happens. Um, from there, like I said, it's just really the build is going to be interesting. How involved is The Rock going to be? Is he going to be in the corner of Roman Reigns? Is he physically going to get involved? I would imagine he would. Is Seth going to be the shield like he like uh, he suggested to Cody? So there, the press conference itself was really entertaining. And like I said, to me, it felt like UFC, but with WWE guys playing UFC characters or whatever you want to call it. Go ahead. I mean, I, I am on the record. Zach and I probably did half the show about it last week, but um, what was your reaction to the smack? What was your reaction to, Co- or to Cody getting bitch slapped by uh, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Well, I mean, it... My knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, you're not going to do anything back, but then Triple H got in the mill right away. And so you really could, you didn't want to give it away. But was I surprised? Yeah, surprised. I'm like, no, you motherfucker didn't. So now at this point, I'm kind of like, you know, I want Cody to finish the story, but now The Rock's going to get involved. It's just, I don't know if this is the pivot of pivots like Zach was saying. It very well could be because it looked like two or three weeks ago they had really fucked this up and was going to go rock Roman until they got that Brian, uh, you said it, the Daniel Bryan backlash or whatever, and now they've pivoted back and now kind of made rock as a hateable character in this angle. I just think that time is warping the way that some people are looking at this because it was so good, pretty much universally uh loved like people are a fan of this angle people are invest in this tomorrow night the rock and roman are going to be on smackdown and that shit is must see see. (laughs) like i cannot wait are they going to come out together whose music is going to play how are they going to stand in the ring are they going to be in the ring together is is roman going to take a back seat do they come out to Roman's music because Roman's music is technically the bloodline music is the rock just part is The Rock just part of the bloodline now? Is The Rock the leader of the bloodline? On the, I saw a thing on Twitter where it showed the- They the, highlighted the two names, Rock and Roman, and it said head of the table under- uh, Under the, high, high chief, chief, which it has Dwayne Johnson, Johnson as a high chief, right. which is over top of head of the table. I never thought that I would be this into a PowerPoint con- uh, presentation. <laughs> Turns out I am. Uh, I- like I said last week, I was a fan of that when it happened. It's, but it's so many ways you can go with this now. 
and that's what makes the angle to me interesting. Rock has made this angle even more interesting when you thought it couldn't be any more interesting. I said it when Cody won the Rumble. To me, Rock and I'm sorry, Roman and Cody wrote itself. Adding the Rock to this shit is just ugh, it's it's almost overkill, but I love it. I want to know if you think it is a pivot or do you think they planned for this? No, this is a pivot. Um, I would love to think that Triple H is that smart and had this going the whole way, but you take Brock out, you take Punk out, and now you have Seth's health in question. I would love to think that this would be this was the way they were going to but go. But do about you it. think but this, this was a, do you think that this is a pivot from the Rock, Rock versus Roman, yeah. At SmackDown, face to face, you think they pivoted? You think they saw the reaction of that and they were like, like "We got to do something like, different." Yeah, I'm just gonna say that. I just, I'll go this far. If they went Rock Roman, it would have been a very slow plotting, you know, old school eighty match. You know, headlocks, rest holds, nothing, nothing that we're used to seeing for modern day WWE. Cody's not going to bring that. Cody's going to bring a modern-day wrestling style versus Roman's old-school plotting, but then he'll pick it up when he has to pick it up. That's probably what, at least in my mind, would be the best of both worlds and the better match. Of the I'm two. going to do – I might surprise you here. Okay. And I'm going to do some bad podcasting. <laughs> and the bad podcasting is – I agree 100%. And this is kind of where I was going when I say I think that t- like the week has warped the way that people are thinking about this. They're like, oh, this is just a genius move by WWE. No. They, they but like Zach and I said last last week, they, they pivoted, but they did it in the best way possible. Yeah. They did it immediately, and they did it in such an interesting way. And really, it makes the build even that much more exciting because – Okay, so it's not set in stone. So now if something's not set in stone, it's not going to be Vince changing something at the last minute. They're going to change it immediately and try to make the best possible decision next. Right. And then pivot from there, which really, like we said, it just opens up all sorts of shit. What did you think about the segment on Raw between Cody and Seth? I just... it's interesting to see Seth coming back, I guess, I won't say full circle, but do a 180 with Cody now. He's ready to, you know, take responsibility of how Roman is, you know, reacting to this point and wants to help out because we, he said it. We all know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to interfere. So somebody's going to have – you can't do it by yourself. You tried it last year. You know, that the whole Seth Rollins promo, perfect. On the money. You couldn't have – Ask for anything more because he said everything that people have thought and said throughout this Roman run, whether you liked him or not. I'm a huge fan of the Roman run, but it has been chalk full of fuckery from the start to the finish, and it will be at WrestleMania. I'm just not sure how you get Seth into the position where he's going to wrestle one night and then be the quote-unquote shield the following night. Uh, I think I know a way. And there is a huge part of this that is being forgotten. And it's not the most exciting thing, but I feel like Damian Priest has been pushed to the back. They can have Drew McIntyre win the Elimination Chamber, which makes him the number one contender for the championship. Correct. 
and have Damian Priest cash in, cash in, and then you have well, then well, would you have a baby face Damian Priest versus Drew McIntyre? Would you have a heel Damian Priest versus Randy Orton? Because the only two winners that I can see winning that elimination chamber are those two: Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton. Well, I guess when you're saying. Priest cashes in. I'm assuming you're talking about at WrestleMania, correct? Or before? Well, my thought on the Damian Priest is the the quote unquote forgotten guy, but he's really not. He's just they're putting him to the side. They're making us try to forget about him. But obviously, but it's the- it's a nice little. If we're talking about them pivoting and being quick on their feet, then Damian Priest is a nice little fucking Swiss Army knife that they have in their back pocket because if they want to pivot to a Rock versus Seth match Saturday night, not for a title, but as the main event, they could have Damian Priest as champ face somebody else at WrestleMania for an earlier, like a semi-main event. Honestly, I think Seth's going in as champion. Whoever wins the Elimination Chamber, obviously, will be the opponent. I like Drew. It makes, you know, they, that makes storyline sense. That match is where I expect the Damian Priest cash in. Now, whether he does it successfully or not, I'm not willing to go that far. But Priest has, obviously, ties with both Seth and Drew McIntyre. It was, it's It's just time for him to cash in. I mean, what the fuck? We've waited long enough. You know, we're getting ready to have another money in the bank by the time WrestleMania comes around, you know, in a couple months after that shit. So, yes. So, who is in the Elimination Chamber as we sit here right now? AJ Styles, Randy Orton. No, 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 no. I was about to say AJ's out. Uh, Oh, that's right. He lost to Drew Drew. McIntyre. So, Drew McIntyre is in. Randy Orton is in. LA Knight is in. And Bobby Lashley's in. So, you got four of the six. Uh, spots already taken. And then the the last two qualifying matches are Dom versus KO. Correct. And Logan Paul versus The Miz. Correct. Who do you see winning those matches? Uh, Logan Paul, I think, goes over The Miz. I I think it's impossible for you not to have Logan Paul as a special attraction in a special attraction match. And then uh, as much as I'll love Dom, (laughs) you know I'm a Dom guy. It's, It's hard for me not to see KO in that spot. It's a it's for the world heavyweight championship, and Dom's just not in that world heavyweight, you know, upper echelon just yet. It's so either both two. KO and Logan Paul, or neither of them. That's what I think. I could see the Dom and the Miz being in there. I could see Dom getting over as a babyface in Australia, just because they don't see him, and because he's aligned with Rhea Ripley, their hometown hero. Um, I think Dom in the Elimination Chamber would be so much fun. Oh, no question. I think it would be, even if they weren't on his team. His chicken shit ass just staying in the pod. Even if they weren't on his team, I could totally see motherfuckers booing the shit out of him. And like you said, he would be in no rush. He would be real talkative until he got to Australia and then got into the chamber was like, oh, shit, I'm just fucked up. And he'd be the last one to be trying to get into anything like that. Dom would be a nice little comic twist to this elimination chamber. I'm just going to stick to chalk on this one. It just makes, for me, it makes a little too much sense. And then you have Logan Paul and KO continue their thing so that they have a match at WrestleMania. If they wanted to go that route, LA LA Knight Knight is in that. So that's what I'm saying. You You would have options for your U.S. title match at WrestleMania. You got two I guys could also see a U.S. title match being a fatal four-way or something like that at WrestleMania. 
AJ Styles is going to be a, needs a dance partner if LA Knight isn't dancing with Logan Paul. I mean, Orton's hanging out there too. Orton's hanging out there too. So, I mean, Jesus Christ almighty. God, God bless Triple H. You got and an embarrassment of riches, and it, it sounds like a hard problem to have, but I got the sneaky suspicion by the time the rest of What about Orton video. versus Cena? Uh, why? Have you heard that rumor? I haven't. Um, I, I'm not sure if I want to see it at this point. You know, it, it, I don't mind it if it's not the main event. If you're doing it just to, you know, be like, you know, we just got this old school just beef, you know, we're old rivals, let's just do it one more time type shit, you know. They should make up a new belt. Oh, no. And have those guys wrestle for the belt. Or how about <laughs> those two guys versus Hook or some shit, right? Just triple <laughs> no. threat match? No. <laughs> I was say, we are good on belts with WWE. Uh, a very exciting, very exciting. Uh, it, it, as you can tell, if you listened last week and you're listening this week, I mean, you can tell I'm excited about this. No, it's it's a lot of options to play with, and The Rock just get like you said, he he's maybe not be the Swiss Army knife, but he's the probably the most intriguing of all the players in it because you just don't know I what mean, they're going to do with him. I know I'm all over the place, but getting back to that Cody Seth segment, I mean, Seth coming out and basically pledging his loyalty to Cody Rhodes in all of this is. Man, that seems like a setup for a tag match. That's what I would if you if Roman was a quote unquote regular wrestling champion. To me, that screams tag match, elimination chamber, easy easy match to make. Easy it's not match. not elimination chamber though, because they've already announced that the Grayson Waller effect will be at the elimination chamber in okay. Perth, uh, where Grayson Waller he's he's Australian. Uh, with Cody and Seth as his guests, that is going to be a huge angle. Something so is it's happening there. That angle. So, okay, see, I'm just now tripping off that um, solo Jimmy. Obviously, I think would be in play if you wanted to have the Rock down there. I think that would be a stretch, but yeah, I would assume that he the ain't blood, flying down. Yeah, there. I was getting ready to say, I would assume at least solo and Jimmy would attack. Uh, Cody and Seth at that point. That's a long fucking plane ride, man. Hey, man, look. I say, act like the Rock can't get a, a fucking G four on a drop of a dime. What's a G four? It's a private jet. You remember Tropic Thunder? Yeah, I remember Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it's G four. I, I was just thinking about Tropic Thunder. Oh, because I saw it. It just came up on Amazon. I was like, you know, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Uh, yeah, Great okay, G four. Well, then, what's that rap song like? A G six? What's that about? I'm assuming it's the same thing. It's just, you know. A bigger plane? That's the one that The Rock has. <laughs> if, Rock, if Pat McAfee can How? get from from ESPN to SmackDown or Raw, or what, well, I'm sorry, it's Raw now. If he can get there, you know, on a, in a single day, you know The Rock can get there. It's He can have his own private plane. Have you seen Black Adam? I have not. I mean, how bad did it shit the bed? Because people it's, are really talking about it really shit in the bed. Is it Was it that bad of a movie, or did it just perform that well, or is it both? Like I said, I haven't seen it, but just on raw numbers alone, it's the worst uh, DC movie in just gross numbers, how much they made, yada, yada, yada. It, apparently, it was that bad. Now, from that point, it didn't have... I'm not a DC guy to begin with. I'm a Marvel guy, so I wasn't like on a rush to go see it. And then I heard how bad it was. I was like, I'm damn sure not gonna go see that shit. I mean, I'm not a guy that wants to see my my favorites do poorly. 
if I have to, if I watch it, I watch it. If That's I why you didn't watch Brock versus Omos because you did, <laughs> you did not want to see, see Omos, Omos lose. <laughs> You're like, I can't watch, watch it. it. Damn it. I can't, see my, I can't see my hero laid low. <laughs> By the way, where was Omos on TV this week? <laughs> I was about to say, you know where he was. Motherfucker came back from the Royal Rumble. Hadn't been seen yet. Okay, well, I, like I said, Omos looked good. Physically looked good. It's just, what do you do with him at Mark. this point? No, he did, Such without a, question. Um, another guy that we've forgotten about for WrestleMania they're doing this thing with Sami Zayn where Sami Zayn is doing these empty arena interviews with uh, Jack Jackie Redmond and uh, Shinsuke shows up on the Titan Tron to just them two, just to talk shit to them two, I guess, uh, uh, not in front of a crowd. <laughs> They're clearly telling a story with Sami too, another forgotten guy. Um, what's his WrestleMania match? That is a really good question. Um, I'm, he's going to have one. I just I can't see it right now to me this is a, i think the bigger picture it's a it's going to be a redemption arc story a year from now we should be talking about sammy challenging for one of the two titles and i think that's ultimately in my head where this is going to go you teased it in montreal people want to see it you just have to you're going to have to give them the story to really get behind sammy Cody is probably beating Roman if they're, if they're going to do a WrestleMania match. That's probably the good time to pull the trigger. You waited long enough. Now, from that point, you got to have to have, you know, another intriguing story to keep us, you know, going forward. Sami Zayn is starting to become that story for the fact that now he's, you know, he's questioning his own abilities. You know he can do it. You know, you got Cody coming up. You know, hey, man, you know, we believe in you. Sammy, a year from now, should be the next guy we should be pushing behind to be a world heavyweight champion. And while Sammy is not at the heat level that he was at last year around this time, he has not cooled off that much. People are, he's way over still. People still want to see him fight. People still want to see, I mean, he, he needs a big match at WrestleMania. If Drew doesn't win Elimination Chamber, that's his WrestleMania. Sammy Drew would be cool with me just as a... A special no, attraction no, match yeah, or whatever nothing, you want to call it. Yeah. Nothing on the line, no belts no. or anything, but just a grudge match between those two. Yeah. Fucking give it to me. Yeah, because... Give, give him 20, 23 minutes. They have be history. Awesome. Sammy really hasn't gotten his uh, receipt from Drew putting him out uh, before the Royal Rumble. They really didn't have a chance to get... It, you know, too entangled in the Rumble itself, and then Drew beat him, you know, post-Royal Rumble. So, I mean, if you wanted to do that route, you could do that route. Plenty of options. Drew is doing crazy good work as the righteous heel. <laughs> what did he say the other night? He said, you just better hope I don't pray for you. Yeah, I was like, oh. That is good. Oh. That is good. You know, a callback to him saying, that uh, he prayed for this <laughs> when he hurt CM Punk. That nigga is, shit, man, boy. I was like, tremendous God stuff. Um, has the has the top of the card in the men's division in WWE? I know that it's never been this good since we started the podcast, right? Probably fair. Probably a very fair assessment. When's the last time the top of the card was this good? Like. Angle, Jericho, yeah, Rock, Triple H, say, Austin, like 2001. Jer- no, I'm sorry, Jericho. The Attitude Era, whatever you want to call it. The end of it. Yeah, I was going to say that feels like when you really just had 
so four or five guys really at the top of the card. Jericho is like double champion at that point. He, you know, he beat Rock in the Stone Cold same night. LA Knight Tri- super over right now too. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, Triple H, same thing. So I mean, you really got Angle and Undertaker and fucking Jericho, Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. I mean, the top of the card was fucking loaded. And you probably got some more guys coming over at some point in 2024. Right now, you really this elimination chamber is really the more top guys and top guys we just don't see a lot of. Two it's, top guys we haven't even mentioned yet, Jay Uso and Gunther, mm-hmm. are headed towards each other. I don't think that's happening at elimination chamber. No, I think it's next Monday night, if I'm not mistaken, on Raw. That motherfucking shit's on Raw. I'm Give like, that shit to me. That's another card they can play if they feel like pulling the trigger on Gunther or right. something. Because Jay, are, what, how would you feel about Jay taking the Intercontinental Championship off of Gunther? I wouldn't have. He, I would rather be somebody that is up and coming. I think Jay is is already on the ascend, but he does need a singles championship. If he if there's any plans for him to be a world heavyweight champion somewhere down the line, it wouldn't make it wouldn't make any bit of difference to me if he won it. I wouldn't be mad. It makes somewhat sense i've always i said when he was number one in the rumble there's big plans for jay uso this might be a way you wouldn't you, hate it though it's either you wouldn't be mad at it it's either he wins the intercontinental championship or jimmy costs him the match to set up more so of their wrestlemania match massive i mean massive if they have jimmy versus jay also at this wrestlemania i don't think how, how can you not at this point I mean, massive shit. Yeah, that's the, at this point, Jay needs to be on the card. Jay is no one doubt. of their in a singles match. They he is on the rise as a singles star. I don't care what night you put him on. To me, this is a layup. You just got to figure out how you get in there. Jimmy and Jay need to be a singles match at WrestleMania. Does Bobby Lashley, who was famously left off the card last year because he was supposed to get in a thing with Bray Wyatt, that didn't work out. Bobby Lashley ended up winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Is Bobby Lashley going to get left off the card again? If I had to guess, my guess is unfortunately yes. I just don't see a a clear path for a WrestleMania match right now. Final Testament is is the team that's there, but I don't think that could be a six man. Yeah, and I don't think you need to. It'll be like a six man kickoff match, and I don't think that think that few goes that long. That's a two month wait between now and WrestleMania. I don't think it. Who is the person that sits across from Bobby Lashley in twenty twenty four and says? Sorry, bro. You're not on this WrestleMania either. Because Triple H. It be, it's got to be. Because Bobby Lashley was pissed last year. Rightfully so. I mean. We've still never gotten the full story on what happened. Now, and I don't think we, we ever will. Once Brock turned it down, it fell into Bobby's lap. And clearly that didn't work either. So it's it almost feels like you owe Bobby. But. I don't want to see Bobby in a match where you feel like you just uh, you have to have him on the card. I want it to make sense. Roman Bobby Lashley should have been a match that, that should have happened a long time ago. They had never wrestled for the title in this Roman. They, they had a big feud though a while back, right? Yeah, but I mean, 
this was more. That, Lashley's actually, never. No, Ashley, Lashley, that was Brock and Lashley, and Roman got involved, and that set up the Roman. Uh, I think I saw Brock versus Lashley in St. Louis at the Royal Rumble. No, yeah. no, 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 because Brock was in the Rumble that year. No, they were here. It was. It was early too. It was Brock Lashley when Lashley was the champ. It was a. It was a match that was here. I can't remember what it was, but it was a pay per view. Doesn't matter. My point is Roman Lashley in this, you know, thousand day stretch, they've never wrestled for the title. Option there is probably a, it's the longest of the longest stretches. So that's what I'm saying. I don't see him winning in uh, the Elimination Chamber, and then from that point, it will be Final Testament, and then before you know it, WrestleMania be here. I I want to see him on the card. I just don't see how he gets on the card. What about Lashley Braun Breaker? Would you be cool with that? I'm just throwing shit out there. Um, no, no, no. Sorry. I'm a journalist. I'm starting that rumor right now. I'm going to see if I can influence it a little bit. Can I be the butterfly in the butterfly effect to get Lashley on the card versus Braun Breaker? I wouldn't mind seeing it just because it's two physical specimens. Um, I don't want to see Lashley lose at WrestleMania. I mean, he that, could he could beat Braun Breaker at WrestleMania. It wouldn't be. It, it's I, not going to be the first that, Braun Breaker WrestleMania. The only Braun Breaker WrestleMania. Better choice. That would so not. It, pardon it, the pun. That would not break Braun Breaker at all. It would. No. It would be a nice little spotlight on him. It would be a match to get. Bobby. And then he can come out of WrestleMania just like then they can kind of strap the rocket pack to him and see uh, see what he can do. You yeah. know, him versus Jey Uso or something. I like the Gunther um, Braun Breaker idea because uh, obviously Braun is on the uh, the cusp of which brand he's going to sign. If he goes to uh, Raw, I would de- if Jay doesn't do it, Braun Breaker would definitely be a person that I would love to see beat Gunther because that would be a huge rub. What about they bring back Braun Strowman and they put Braun Strowman and Braun Breaker in a tag team together and they call them Swerving Our Glory. What do you think about that? No, nah, they shit. call them the Bronze, I guess. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, you're, you're missing the easy <laughs> They should call them the Bronze. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, it's right there. Why are you making it more difficult than it is, man? Just tap La it bronze. in. Tap it in. Tap, 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 tap it in. So, yeah, it's the little Bronze at that point. Um, No, the, the Braun Strowman is, is good for a little bit. He just needs to just... Take some time off, man. I ain't mad at it for it. Fuck it. Keep fucking Ra- Raquel Rodriguez. Something else, you know, some other people that we haven't talked about. We've talked about a lot of names in WWE. We have not yet talked about the Judgment Day. We talked about Damian Priest a little bit, but Finn Balor and Damian Priest are currently your tag team champions, your number one contenders. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, British strong, British strong style, I think, is what they are calling themselves, right? Yeah. So uh, what do you think about them being number one contenders, and did you like the match versus DIY? Yeah, I mean, DIY and, and uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne are just going to have a good match. It's just four guys that can wrestle, and they, they're both good tag teams on their own. You put them together, you're going to have a good tag team match, unfortunately. DIY already lost to Judgment Day, so I kind of – had a good idea where they were going with it. Plus, you got Tyler and uh, Pete Dunn back together. It would have been kind of foolish not to have them in the number one contender spot. Now, ultimately, the question is, can they beat the Judgment Day? Can they? Yeah. Will they? I don't think so, question mark. I just don't think they've been – they're not together long enough to, like, justify them being the champions this quickly. 
if it happens, then yeah, now you're really going to have the Damian Priest rumors start to heat up. I think Triple H is trying to keep Priest in the weeds long enough to where we, we're forgetting about him until it comes up to where now it benefits Damian Priest and the Triple H story if, he, if he's going to cash in at WrestleMania. Uh, sorry, there was something. Oh, are we leading? To, I saw a friend of yours and a friend of mine and a friend of the show. You might know him as Tender Mahal. My nigga. Saw, saw Monday night. Saw him Sunday night at the Super Bowl party. Uh, I was telling I was telling him at the Super Bowl party, we're leading towards a Triple H rock confrontation in the ring. Triple H came out on SmackDown, reasserted his authority Oof. after the rock uh, kind of, you know, didn't make him look great, kind of big timed him. Uh, you backstage, fix it or I will. You fix it or I will. Mm-mm. Is what he said. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then Triple H comes out. A lot of people think they have the power. They don't have the power. He said, I have the power. He is, Triple H is a firm, strong, but gentle. <laughs> where do they call him? CCO, Chief Content Operator, or Chief Content Officer or something is what Whatever. they're calling him. So, uh, but... Triple H and Rock, to say they have a history is an understatement. They were rivals. They were as big of rivals. They probably have more matches than The Rock and Stone Cold do, don't you think? Uh, the latter match between uh, Rock and Triple H is one of the better Well, they were matches. both healthy at the same time, yeah. the whole time. Uh, Stone Cold w- wasn't always that healthy post uh, the neck break. So, I mean, he came back and wrestled full time, but... Uh, he was out for a while, and Triple H and The Rock were running things there for a oh, while. Oh, for sure, and, and that's where you they kind of passed the tiles back and forth between them for a, a little bit. If Stone Cold was isn't the biggest Rock rival, if you don't think he is, then Triple H is the next one, and that's fine too. Yes. I just Tinder asked to said something to me about it. I don't think they physically wrestle no but no no no. i can see them you know on the mic in the ring like you know oh. fuck you fuck like you. a promo segment as we get closer to wrestlemania between triple h fuck it might happen tomorrow night i mean triple h and the rock might both be out there tomorrow night what i want to see in a fucking perfect world we would have a promo segment where it's just triple h and the rock i think we could easily see that happen that is somewhere in this next month yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> easy, big fella, easy. I could easily see that in the next month because that would be a, a legitimate, reasonable, sensible build towards WrestleMania post-Elimination Chamber. If everything's set in stone, you have triple, or you have Seth with his opponent. Now Cody and Roman are locked in. I can see the two guys, the two heads of the, the table, so to speak, locking horns and having a promo battle. I would love to see it. Uh, we're t- we're, if we pivot to the women's uh, top of the card for WWE, we have something interesting going on with Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax. Uh, Nia Jax is done a great job. She's kind of like the Lexus King of the women's <laughs> division. Like everybody fucking hates her. She no has shit. real fucking heat. She like people fucking hate her. And when that I say girl. people, I mean me. me. <laughs> um, Damn it, Bill! I don't hate Nia Jax. Right. No, I mean, listen, I don't hate her for real. I no. think that, but I, you know, 
it's not she's not like a cool heel. She is a fucking heel. She's easily hateable as a heel. Rhea Ripley is a heel. Rhea Ripley is a cool heel. Yeah. Nia Jax is an uncool heel. Yeah, without question. But it's not X Pac heat. No, but um, not even close. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say not even close. She does have some heat. We're gonna see Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch though at WrestleMania, right? Becky Lynch <laughs> is walking out of the elimination chamber with the with yes. the with yeah. the uh, title um, comp- ch- challenge. What the fuck? Bianca is is obviously going to be in this mix. I mean, that's the next obvious choice. From there, it's just I can't see anybody else that Rhea. I mean, you know, we can throw Jade out there. I've heard rumors that they they pulled the uh, Jade from consideration for the elimination chamber. So take that for what it's worth. Um, I guess uh, I got another one in the bag. Um, so I guess that's where you have this last chance um, match where you have, you know, the the last spot for the Elimination Chamber up for grabs. That's a little disappointing, but neither here nor there. It's either Becky or Bianca. I can't – if it's not Bianca, I'll be curious to see if that's where you get Jade into the mix and have a one-on-one match. I think, obviously, we, we saw that at um, – not Elimination Chambers, I'm getting my PLEs mixed up, Royal Rumble, we saw them, you know, in a couple of spots where clearly they're teasing a Bianca Jade match when it happens. I'm not sure. WrestleMania would be a good spot. Uh, it might. Be, is the stage too big for Jade at that point? They are no. not even mentioning Bianca Belair in the Rhea Ripley conversation, though, it right now. It doesn't feel like it. And that's where I've, I've heard people like, you know, her and Trinity are going to tag up and, you know, take the tag titles. I don't want to see that. That's That doesn't appeal to me. Trinity, that, Trinity shouldn't be coming back for the tag titles. I mean, we've done that. That's the whole reason why she left. Why are we going to, you know, hook her back into that? It Bianca is someone that I'm curious to see where they go with. Becky feels like the one. Because you don't have her come out and confront uh, Rhea Ripley in Vegas for nothing, you just don't do that. That doesn't that doesn't even make sense right. unless you want to have that match. Right from there, you know, like I said, Bianca is very curious because I'm just not sure where you go with her because now both titles are now being you know claimed in some form or fashion, but you can't leave her off the card. Is Dakota Kai? Uh, faking out Bailey. Yes. Okay. All right. So the Kodakai is sticking with damage control. It is going to be. I appreciate the fact that they didn't turn her this week. I guess. No. I want. I want them to drag this out. I want. Yes. I want. Tell this the story. Be, I want them to tell this story where you know Bailey is being suckered in, and then the next thing you know, boom, damage control. You know, turns on. You know, Bailey in some form or fashion. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if they waited to WrestleMania and pulled the trigger. Uh, you're asking for a lot of patience there, though. I said, well, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Then I wouldn't be mad at it. You can. There's ways around it. The women's champions walking out of WrestleMania are going to be Rhea Ripley and Bailey. Rhea Ripley, I feel pretty confident about. No matter who is the the champion, Bailey, I'm. Not so confident about because now I've kind of talked myself into Dakota Kai turning on Bailey at WrestleMania. If Jay Uso, if Jay Uso doesn't end up beating Gunther, who does Gunther 
face at WrestleMania? That's where I think Braun Breaker is the next is is a logical way to go about it. Um, it's someone that, like I said, that NXT Tag Team Champion Braun, Braun Breaker. Breaker. Not saying that he would. Uh, and there's plenty of time for him to drop the title. He could drop the title at Stand and Deliver and then come back and win the IC title at uh, WrestleMania. It's asking a lot, but. I don't even think they go that far with them being the tag champs, the, the Wolf Dogs in that scenario. Braun Breakers, I'll, I'll answer the question with Braun Breaker. I'll go that far. There's another guy who's super over. Ron Killings. <laughs> R-Truth, super over. Just unbelievably over. They are, it, it, it is astounding how hot they are right now. When our they truth, are, they are so fucking hot right now. When our truth was the twenty four twenty four seven champion, and we were do, obviously doing the pie at that point, that to me was like one of the lowest parts of WWE in in its comedic form. It was just, you know, mundane, too formatic, just hard to watch. This shit is absolute gold when he confused diy for dx i was done man man i was that, calling miz like hey get on your plane get up here like no you're you're fucked right now what you gonna do man him calling them dx and calling he said Shawn michaels the heartbreak kid and uh, triple h and he and he had gargano as Shawn michaels and he had champa as triple h oh dude i was dead and he goes where's road dog at <laughs> <laughs> Man, that motherfucker has been gold. So good. Where's Road Dog at? So good. I just, I never thought I would be. But when this he came big out the fan. other night, the place went fucking ape shit. They've always been. People have always been a fan of our truth. Always, yes. Even but when it I is was different. It is a rising tide floats all boats type shit. Like everything is so over right now that our truth is over. I think our truth was over just when he came back. And I think they have a bunch of new fans who have never seen him before, and they're like, this motherfucker is hilarious. Everything he's done, every position they put him in, he's made it work. The judgment they uh, run has really just I catapulted lo- him into another stratosphere. I loved stratosphere. when he had those two title matches against John Cena. When he when he won, he was fighting John Cena in London, or he turned on John Cena in London and started smoking a cigarette. Uh, at the side of the ring? Oh, my God. That was so cool. Um, but I forget how good our uh, truth is from time to time. He was a heel. He was like a good heel. Him and Miz had that uh, nice little heel run where they were beating everybody up. They you know, ripped up the fucking ring and shit. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Awesome truth. <laughs> fucking like, Keith Lee-ass tag team name. Stop. Stop. <laughs> awesome truth. They might, hey, all bullshit aside, they might be the team to beat the Judgment Day and be tag team champs. Oh, uh, you know what? That might be right. He might be right. Miz is not going to win that Elimination Chamber match, and they got beef with Judgment Day. Yeah, well, yeah, Miz is definitely not going to win that match. I, I don't see a reason why. There's a less than 0% chance he, okay. he's going to win that match. So, for me, now you've opened up a door where if you wanted to take the titles off of Priest and Finn before – uh, WrestleMania and open the door for him to cash in. That's the team that could do it. All right. Uh, so 
the first half of the podcast, once again, two weeks in a row, just sucking WWE's <laughs> dick. I got the balls this week. <laughs> Let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Here, I'm going to do my two beer impression. Two beer, this is love. This is a loving impression, so don't be mad. A uh, rampage was actually really good this week. Uh, so, uh, it was ra- worth watching. Rampage was uh, pretty okay. Um, I really liked the Young Bucks promo in the middle of it. That was that was the uh, bread and butter. The Young Bucks continuing to wear the white suits with blood on them is fucking good. No, it's it reminds you of the dastardly deed number one and number two. It. Re- Definitely keeps them as the heel EVPs that they're trying to go for. Love it. At some point, they'll get away from it. I'm assuming after the uh, the Sting Darby match, but uh, no, this is this is good. I like heel bucks are the best bucks. Yeah, the undisputed kingdom also fought the best friends. Undisputed kingdom goes over, or was that a singles match? Uh, it was a. Uh, Six man tag. Uh, Cassidy, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Cassie, Rocky, and Trent uh, lost to Roddy and the Kingdom. I'm just, I'm just dying for a Trent Brother heel turn. Dude, I, know I, I thought it was it. gonna happen this whole time. It's, oh, it's, it's, I was like, shit. It seems like they pulled back on it. It doesn't seem like they're hinting at no, it. No, I just, I totally disagree with that. When we get to Dynamite, we could talk. Well, let's just talk about it now. The end of Dynamite, Trent takes the bullet for uh, Orange, so Orange basically wins the match. Shit like that is usually a precursor for the heel turn. You know, Trent's been basically pushed to the side. You know, he, it looks like he's on the outside looking in more times than not. That kind of take, it can only come with the expertise of watching millions of hours of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> per year. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Um, They've, it's always felt like it's going to happen. And they, it's you know, it's almost Carmelo Hayes when you know Trent walks behind Orange. I'm like, is this it? Is this it? So now I'm watching for it. It may never even happen, but if it does, you can see where they're planting the seeds on why Trent ultimately turns if he does. So uh, we will come back to that Orange Cassidy Matt Taven match because I do have thoughts about it uh dynamite kicked off with the bullet or sorry with the blackpool combat club versus those luchas i I, it's such a sign of disrespect i did not write down the luchas uh names who fought in this star jr and sdj if i'm pronouncing it correctly yeah pretty good match uh blackpool combat club goes over kind of easily uh which i'm completely fine with ftr comes out setting up a blackpool combat club ftr feud what do you think about this it looks like they're going to have this match next week on dynamite they are after the uh the moxley uh dax Dax harwood Harwood, match that would that opened up dynamite on uh wednesday night i'm down for it i didn't think i would you know it's a match that i didn't think i know i wanted until you threw it in my lap i was like oh (laughs) why not shit um FTR needs something to do, you know, especially as a tag team. If they're not chasing the titles, then you got to have them doing something, you know, keep them in the uh, – the, the, how that we have the rankings back, you got to keep them, you know, strong in the rankings. This is a good way to do it. Plus, the match is going to be fucking dope. So, yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally down for this shit. Yeah, that's the type of match that they'll give 30 minutes to. Yeah, easily. I can see Dynamite, you know, opening up with this shit or being the main event. It's a bookend, one or the other. Uh, to me, Daniel Garcia is 
next to Swerve is the hottest guy in AEW. I think that they're, when I say they, I mean TK, right. giving him tons of TV time. The only person who fights more matches than Daniel Garcia is Queen Aminata. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Garcia and Daniel Garcia had a really fucking, I'm starting to, you know what? Let me just say it to you right now. I'm looking you dead in the eye. Say it. You were right about Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor's fucking cool. I like watching him wrestle. I like his style. You've always said you're a Shane Taylor guy. Shane Taylor and Daniel Garcia had a fucking really fun match. Yeah, I was just, you know, seeing the match, I was like, fuck, you know, Shane's getting ready to lose. But it, it was a good match. I was just, It would know, be nice to see him start getting some wins. I think if you watched ROH. Against somebody besides Keith Lee. Yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah, he lost to Keith Lee, so, I mean, that, that made it even worse. Didn't it, they split? Didn't they have two matches? They I only had one match, and he lost. Yeah, I was going to say that was right before Keith Lee was taken off the uh, the card where he had to face Swerve, and then Swerve faced uh, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, or they had they had Keith Lee go over Shane Taylor to build up Keith Lee so he could lose in six minutes to Swerve. Right. So ultimately, it's like you know that was the time to do it. Cokehead booking <laughs> didn't do it, and now Shane Taylor is you know in this you know mode of losing or whatever you want to call it, neither here nor there. I've always Cokehead been, booking. I've always been a fan of Shane Taylor. Like I said, I just kind of wish that ROH was on a bigger platform where now if you wanted to move Shane Taylor back to ROH and have him, you know, run rough shot over that, great way to do it. But, you know, watching him versus Moxley live that week that I went to Collision uh, with Vice, um, you know, when you have to actually sit and watch Shane Taylor, it was something about seeing it live where I was like, Oh, I see exactly what this dude's doing, like, and he's good at, like, in terms of, like, telling the story. He's not just a big guy out there bumping. No. Like, he, he does shit. No, he does. Cause it's just, like I said, AEW is, is loaded in its own way where now, you know, guys like Miro, I, was, I saw him on the commercial for a collision. I'm like, damn, where the fuck has he been, you know? Guys like Miro are not going to, you know, really get a huge chance for whatever reason. Shane Taylor, same Who? way. Yeah, right. Um so it's kind of disappointing to see, but then, you know, it it makes sense, unfortunately. Daniel Garcia is on the rise, and I get it. I just wish for this scenario these two wouldn't have met right here, right now. Uh, Eddie Kingston cuts a promo backstage. Uh, I wrote down EK and then BS, which means backstage, but that also means that also describes his promo style, <laughs> which is just fucking BS. Uh, what I did like was Eddie Kingston bringing up how he thought it was wrong what the Bucks did to Sting and his family. It's like, okay, you know what? This is what the Attitude Era always did well. I can't remember. It's you that said this, says this or Zach? Zach did it. But the Attitude Era always did well is that everything seemed connected. Yep. It's like everybody knew that they were on the same show. You know what I mean? And Eddie Kingston being like, man, fuck you for beating up Sting and his kids. That's what a baby face should do, and I really appreciated that. As much shit, as much fun as I like to have with Eddie Kingston, uh, he does a lot of the little shit right. No, it, you know, it was like, you know, before I even get started on anything else, let me talk about this first. I was like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> good, you know, good on Eddie. But that just feels like Eddie Kingston's character. You know, there's a, a right and wrong code. No matter if he's heel or babyface, this is what he believes in. This is the code. And fuck you if you, you know, go against this code. It's clearly the Bucks went against the code, so fuck off. The whole thing with uh, Danielson was even interesting just in the sense that, you know, now we're getting to the point where – 
Danielson is now getting underneath Eddie Kingston's skin to where now he's like, okay, fuck it. We can have a match, but you're going to shake my hand afterwards if I win. That's okay. the shit I want to see. Yes, I'm into this. This is good shit. Eddie Kingston, if the only stipulation to the match is if Eddie Kingston wins, Daniel Bryan has, or Bryan Danielson has to shake his hand, and that will mean everything to Eddie Kingston because he knows that Daniel Bryan doesn't mean it. Oh, that's good. That that's, oh. that's really good. <laughs> I'm and, hoping for Eddie to win now. I and you see know what? Shit. If Daniel Bryan wasn't out there. Just having matches with everybody they wouldn't have matches with. Wrestling Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. last weekend, which we will get to. Um, that Hechicero match, which you didn't get to talk about last <laughs> week, but it fucking ruled. Um, if he wasn't out there doing that shit, then him wasting one of his... If he really is going to be done in six months or whatever... I would, I would be like, man, I, I like seeing him fight Eddie Kingston. It's going to be great, but I would rather see him fight somebody else. He's getting all that shit out of the way too. Mm-hmm. The guy is on fire yeah. right now, just it, on absolute fire. This feels like the bucket list of Brian Danielson at this point. This is like when Tarantino says he wants to stop after ten movies because <laughs> because he knows that directors start getting worse and he's like i want to go out when i'm still making the best shit possible and once time in hollywood was the best shit possible that was really good um that's how daniel bryan feels it feels like he is going out wrestling the best shit that he's ever wrestled and that is in a career full of fucking crazy good wrestling from roh to wwe to AEW, you, you could just name matches on all three spots this is a an amazing run so far I don't know how the fuck you cap this Joker off. I, that that to me is, you know, how does it end? Who is the final match for Danielson after all this nonsense? Well, him versus Eddie Kingston is a really good undercard match for Revolution. Oh yeah, and <laughs> they are going to, and they're going to let it rip. They're yeah. going to fucking cook. No, that's so, what they say. It's going to be a four hour show. They're going to get twenty twenty five minutes of that four hours. Four community. hours. God, I hope so. <laughs> no, slowly but surely, I'm getting into the Revolution card. It. it I wasn't into it right away, but AEW pay per views end when Tony Khan's Adderall runs out. Stop! <laughs> I'm coming down. You guys can finish it. You, you guys can wrap it up. <laughs> you shit! Damn. That motherfucker said with the Adderall, man. Look, I was like, I don't know if you if he's getting the it's good a hell shit. of a drug. If he's getting the good shit, he ain't coming down anytime soon. <laughs> he gonna be rolling that motherfucker into the press conference. Uh, Brian Cage squashes the Outrunners. I hope those guys are getting paid. Um, you would think, right? Okay, so Edge versus Dan Garcia. I, I'm so, I'm in a good mood tonight. I'm a, I must be in a good mood because I am sucking everything, stick. <laughs> but Edge versus Dan Garcia, pretty good. Lasts about eleven minutes. Um, Daniel Garcia is cool. Edge is uh, kind of playing a little heelish, you know. Mm-hmm. He and um, this gets interrupted by the patriarchy. Nick White or Nick Wayne and um, wait, doesn't it? No, that you're. Uh, if we're talking, oh no, 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 I'm sorry. This wasn't the match. Okay, this was when they came, came out, out to made, talk to each other and, and agreed to, to make the match. Yes, and Edge said, "But now that you've challenged me." You're, I'm going to beat the hell out of you because you're trying to take money out. You're trying to take food out of my kid's mouth. Great shit. All right, motherfucker. Uh, yes. I was like, okay, bet, motherfucker. There you go. Because you're going to whoop that ass. <laughs> no, yes. he ain't going to win. But no, it just, that's how, when you, the whole, the setup was a little confusing because now it just felt like, you know. Well, they're both to, number one contenders. I'm not even talking about that. The, 
you know, now Edge is three, Edge. Adam Copeland is three. And now you have the choice of who you want. Man, that, that man's name is Edge. I'm not calling him Adam <laughs> Copeland. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? I'm trying to be respectful to the motherfucker. <laughs> Shit. I, I think I am too. Okay, so you can call him Edge. Anyway, I just didn't like. Vince don't own his name. Yeah, right. Not to me. Yeah. That, I don't call him PLEs. <laughs> Pay per views. Yeah, right. Till the day I die. Abraham. I didn't necessarily like the fact that. Edge was given the option of who do you want. You know, it shouldn't even be given the option. There, That's why you have somebody behind the stage, behind the scenes, this is the match we're going to make. But it sets up Daniel Garcia to come up, and they have the match. I like the promo. Daniel Garcia it makes a great point. He was, you know, six months ago, he was just losing matches left and right, and now he's on a run. He feels yeah, they like told he told a story with his losses. Yeah, he feels like now he's on a high streak. He deserves the title match just as much so as uh, Adam Copeland does. So. so let's skip ahead to their match, which happened on Dynamite because I already spoiled it. So uh, this goes about 11 minutes, and then it gets interrupted by Nick Wayne and Killswitch, Luchasaurus. And... I'm so used to having AEW is really good about clean finishes, even in matches between two guys that probably both need wins. You know, um, they really don't do the fuckery in the middle of the show. They'll right. do it at the end, right. but they won't do it in the middle. I was surprised by the interference in this match, like genuinely surprised. It's like, why didn't I know that this was going to happen? The patriarchy mm-hmm. comes in. Nick Wayne is wearing a shirt that says, Christian is my father. Dude. Somebody get me that shirt. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is great. And um, give Edge a uh, concerto. Uh, concertos get sold. This seems like a way of writing Edge out of revolution. Um, I, I agree with you 100% on you, you should have seen the, the patriarchy coming. Two guys that obviously got is on uh, Christian's radar so you can take him out in one failed swoop. So the fact that I didn't see it coming just definitely bothers me. But I love the fact that they did it. You know, Shane Wayne with the low blow, you know, this is, a, you know, retribution for my son. The concerto probably does write Adam Copeland off for revolution. So now you can have Christian come out. Crow that he doesn't have anybody to face, and then you could bring somebody in to surprise him. Maybe that's uh, you, uh, someone in between now and I guess the start, the, the front of the month of uh, to start before the revolution. I think that's what the second. So big business will be after that. So you you wouldn't be able to do it that way. Um, my guess is somehow either. Daniel Garcia is going to get the match or Christian comes out, says he has no opponents, and you surprise him with a, a, somebody that we haven't thought of. Uh, I have BK versus MB here, and I was like, wait a minute. Brian Keith fought Malachi Black? That don't sound right. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> Brody King fought Mark Briscoe in an old-school match. Did you like this? Yeah. Um, Mark Briscoe just is the, like the plucky underdog baby face against Brody King. It just feels like he is the guy in House of Black, which – really confuses the fuck out of me at this point when you have Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black in that same fashion faction, but neither here nor there. Nice, you know, old school, like you said, banger-ass match. Brody King just is such a, a, a physical specimen. I mean, 
I'm not sure what we're going to do with Brody King in 2024, but it feels like they're keeping him on a simmering kind of a pattern to where, you know, if you wanted to heat him up, you can do so. For me, like I said, I need Malachi Black in my life. I need Buddy Matthews in my life. I mean, you got three shows, five, six hours of programming. I mean, you, we can't fit them on either show. I mean, if they're on the way out, then, you know, so be it. Then th- this is a null and board conversation. But if they're not, they need to be on TV more. Uh, Deanna Parazzo versus – I didn't write this down, and but she goes over, and then Tony Storm comes right out and faces Queen Aminata. <laughs> Tony ain't shit. Uh, Tony ain't shit. That movie that she had on Dynamite was – Oh, Re- dude, I really was something. Tears, boy. That <laughs> Re- really something. She is. Uh, she's working, man. She is working. No, easily the the biggest star, women star in AEW. Um, I mean, her versus Mercedes Monet is going to be something. I was going to say Jamie Hader was the the match that I would kind of want to see myself, just because they have stardom ties, and I think the match itself kind of. <laughs> Fell a little fluky because Jamie Hayter wasn't healthy the first time around. That's when she dropped the title to Tony, and she hasn't been back since. That to me is a when they bring way. in Mercedes Monet, they gotta put her I'm with not, Tony Storm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when Mercedes comes in, yes, they're, they're those two motherfuckers will have to cross paths. Fair enough. For me, I would like to see Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm running back, but that's just me. But, like you said, you were going to see Mercedes versus Tony Storm. The main event of Collision was absolutely great. My favorite match of the week. Uh, well, uh, not including uh, Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. But uh, my, my favorite match on TV this week was Orange Cassidy versus Tomohiro Ishii in a an absolute fucking banger Ishii rules um if you're a fan of this show if you listen to our g1 podcasts you know that all three of us are massive Ishii marks and orange casty and this is when i i put it on uh, friends of bfr on facebook uh right when this match was done i said man orange casty is so good he in those bloody just fucking brawl matches he is so good in these. That's why he had that. I mean, him versus John Moxley, same type of match, just a fucking like a banger. Um, I loved this match. Uh, Undisputed Kingdom comes out at the end. Trent Beretta comes out at the end also, and we're going to talk more about uh, Undisputed Kingdom and Best Friends. But what do you think about this match? Curious. To, I was curious to see how the new, and I use the word, uh, put the word new in quotes, uh, Orange Cassidy would face off against Ishii in this scenario. When I say new, it's, you know, you still have the the light task where, you know, the crowd gets into it. It's like, oh, 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 with the leg kicks or whatever. But then, you know, this new Orange Cassidy picks up that aggression and really starts laying in the opponents kind of the same way he did with Moxley. That's the Orange Cassie I wanted to see against Tomo Ishii, and that's what we got. I thought this was a really good match. It was a great fucking main event. The fact that Orange Cassie retains doesn't even bother me at this point. I knew he was going to retain. I just wanted to see a match where Tomo Ishii was going to fuck this motherfucker up and make him earn this dub, and that's what happened. It was also perfect because I was sitting here, and the wife was gone, Baby goes down at like eight o'clock. I get, oh, dude. I get all settled in, pack the bowl, 
hit the ball. It's that good part of the high, you know, right when you're high and you're like, oh, shit, I might be too high. It's like <laughs> right there. You know, wait a minute. Did I just smoke acid? And uh, and then this and then this match started and I was just in the perfect headspace for it. Just a real just one of those. And then I turned it on the fucking Warriors game and Steph Curry hit that fucking that shot from the logo to fucking uh, take the lead at the very end. I was going nuts. I was. It was the most fun I've had in a year. I was going to say that. That's it. That's the time where I hate. Not. I'm sorry. Working on Saturday nights because I'm sitting there watching it. and I will finish collision. I'm watching Sports Center afterwards. I'm like, man, that's some Saturday night shit for your ass. No, it's. it's and then the wife came home. Yeah, it was all know. ruined. Yeah, you know, at some point, she's coming home. I was having so much fun watching basketball in the NBA by myself, just munching a fucking metric fuck ton of ice cream. It was fucking what perfect. Ice cream, yeah. So I, they got this kind. Uh, the brand is Turkey Hill. Um and Turkey Hill's always on sale. And I think it's always on sale because it's an ice cream brand with the with the word turkey in it. It's I was like nobody say, wants I've to, never even heard it. Nobody wants before. to think about turkeys turkey lunch meat when they're eating ice cream. Yeah, this is a weird so it's combination. always on sale, but it's good ice cream. And they got this uh it's like Neapolitan where it's three different flavors, but it's three different kinds of mint flavors. So it's like okay. mint chocolate chip, mint cookies and cream, and then like mint dark chocolate. Ooh. And you just get a whole bunch Much of all of three. them, yeah, just okay, fucking uh, mix yeah, it around. Yeah, okay, I can see me incredible shit. <laughs> I'm a, I, I like my mint chocolate chip though. I can fuck that motherfucker up. I can definitely see that shit. Anyway, Saturday night was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Turkey Hill. Not a sponsor, but you guys can be. <laughs> <laughs> we will take ice cream payments. Send me the shit. <laughs> um, all right, so moving on to Dynamite, Dax Harwood fights John Moxley. Remember when Dax Harwood used to have all sorts of singles matches there for a while? Yeah. yeah. Um, this but was a good reminder why. This was really cool. You, you stole my thunder, and I think that's the reason why they put these guys together first to set up the tag team match that will happen next week. Moxley not, giving, not letting go of the submission kind of threw me a little bit, but they've been kind of teasing a, a – I won't say that they're heels, but they're not baby faces. They're, nah, they're heels, man. They're, they don't. They they're winning with low blows and shit. shit. Man. Okay, they are okay. heels. Okay, completely fair. The crowd loves them. They're over, but they are heels. Okay, it's, completely. They fair. are cool heels. It is tough to. It's tough for them to get booed completely, just because people have so much fucking respect for Moxley, especially. Well, yeah, and Claudio, I think is you know he's a fucking physical freak. You know he he could throw anybody around. Danielson obviously is the you know the one of the best technical wrestlers in the I world. I mean, Claudio's downright dastardly now. <laughs> he put it. To, I don't know who's cheap shotting dudes and giving them neutralizers no, out of nowhere I'm, and I'm shit. I'm all for it. I love Claudio like this. He is the the muscle of BCC, and the muscle doesn't need to be you know taking favors or playing favorites or anybody like that. Anybody's in the way. The way he picked up, uh, who is it this week? Uh, Cash Wheeler. I mean, just picked him up like a little child and just put the neutralizer on him. I was like, oh, Jesus. I forget how strong Claudio is until he throws a grown man around him. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. that dude's strong. Uh, Don Callis cuts a promo backstage and announces that at Revolution, we're going to have two of the Don Callis family fight each other. It's going to be Will Ospreay versus Kanosuka Takeshita. Um Okay. Don Ka- Don Callis uh, 
all of a sudden thought he was in an AA meeting where he starts <laughs> saying, you know, when I was a kid, my dad used to get drunk and make us go fight our, go fight our brothers in the background. I was like, man, this is kind of a sad confession from <laughs> Don Callis. But it's uh, he's going to have uh, – so Osprey is fighting Takeshita at the pay-per-view. I mean, this is going to fucking rule. It just – it's so Tony Khan right feel. Cokehead booking. It does – I mean, just in the sense of... Cokehead Book and LLC. You know, faction members usually don't wrestle each other. Uh, don't get me wrong. I agree with you 100%. In a tournament? In a tournament. Okay, fair enough. But this is not a tournament. There's no titles nope. on the line. It's just, you know, we're trying to keep guys sharp. Okay, so we're going to put two of the best in the ring. It just it blows my mind where this Steven. I'm like I'm with you. This is going to be an amazing fucking match. I don't know if they've ever met before. I don't even give a fuck. At this point, they're they're two of the best that I can think of that you could throw in a ring and have a match with. Just the build doesn't make sense. Well, there, I mean, there's there's no build. Okay, Don well Kyle's the just, reasoning. Don Kyle's just made the match. Okay, the reasoning, but for Don Kyle's, you got this whole goddamn roster. Figure the fuck out. You know, there's no reason in the world why you can't have a motherfucker face Takesta and or Will Ospreay and keep the faction as a faction. Now, if Will Ospreay is going to you know spin off and become a babyface, okay, fair enough. Now this makes sense. But then at least have him come over, have a little strife, and then do that shit. This is just so right field, but goddamn. I can't wait for this match. Yeah, this match is going to rule. I, I would think that this they're going to be turning Osprey face in pretty quick order here, right? Why would you? I mean, it, it, I don't see a reason. We just got finished talking about BCC being cool, cool heels. Will Osprey can be a cool heel if you want him to be a heel at that point. Just because Wembley's coming up doesn't mean he has to be a baby face. He's going to Wembley. They're going to cheer. Period. Baby face and heels don't matter as much in AEW. Uh Kind of like New Japan in that respect. Fair. Um, Warlow squashes somebody. Cole on commentary. Cole just doesn't say anything. <laughs> it was too quick. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty funny. I'm pretty like, funny. damn, man, this motherfucker's over. I'm writing the match down and shit. I'm like, oh, oh, it's over. Okay, never we, mind. We oh. already we already talked about Garcia uh, versus Edge. I just want to reiterate that Nick Wayne was wearing a shirt that just said Christian is my father. <laughs> God damn, dude, that's amazing. That's so good. AEW might get my money on that motherfucker. Drew McIntyre and with the CM Punk. Uh, I'm supposed to go over to my dad's house and help him move some shit, and I would love to show up wearing that shirt. Oh, dude. <laughs> you are, you ain't shit. He's hey, like, who the fuck is Christian? I'll be like, it's not as cool out here as I thought it was, and I take off my jacket. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, get the fuck out of my house. Uh, Samoa Joe comes out and cuts the promo. Swerve comes in. Paige comes in. Uh, Joe's not happy about this being a triple threat. He goes all of a sudden. He goes. Salty. It, he said it got stupider, <laughs> which is really, really good. Uh, Swerve comes in, gets thrown off. I tell you what, he got heckled and he got a little thrown off there in the right, second at the, at the beginning of his yep. uh, promo. Yeah, that, I, I, what did the dude? I didn't even hear what he what was he said. Got, he Swerve was saying uh, he was telling the story about what Samoa Joe told him, and he goes, and you know what he said. And you know what he said? And the guy goes, what'd he say? And everybody started laughing. And it threw Swerve off. Okay. I did not uh, say. I did, obviously, I didn't hear it. But, yeah, it, it took him a minute to get it back Didn't throw Joe off. Track. Joe just fucking stared Stare, at yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, you, he didn't even blink. I was just like, oh, I'm like I rewound it three times. I'm like, I still didn't hear this shit. I'm like, fuck. But 
quite credit to Joe. Never even faced him. No. That nigga got pissed. <laughs> and Paige comes out kind of squirrely. I'm going to ask a question, and obviously, I don't know if I've asked this before, but last week I wasn't here. This week, obviously, I'm back, and I had the same question I had last week. Are we getting a double heel turn or a double, a double turn? Like Page, Swerve and Page? Page is turning heel while uh, Swerve is turning face? Are we in the midst of one? Yes. I think we're in the midst of one, yes. I'm thinking so, too. I don't think there's going to be one thing that does it. I think that that's just what's happening. Happening. Whether it's the storyline is dictating it, fans are just gravitating towards Swerve because everybody is. But baby faces don't turn down an extra five minutes for a match that determines a number one contendership. No, that's, yes, you're and he, absolutely he, and he correct. he still keeps bringing that shit up. Okay, that to me is what a heel would do. Yeah, he came out and he said, I need to clear up some stuff about last week. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. Pretty funny. No, I love it, though. I, Hangman, to me, I agree with Zach. Hangman is one of the better wrestlers. <laughs> then he explained it. It still didn't make any sense. I was just like, like, dude, no, you're no. not getting out of this. <laughs> it's like, dude, you, you, shouldn't you want the dub? He's yeah. beating you twice. No, he beat yeah. you in a match that you should have won. And now you're just like, oh, I'm good with the draw. Fuck you. You're your not going to ever win the title. Buddy ate your wife's fuck, his stone buddy <laughs> ate your wife's blueberries, dude. And was licking his fingers. <laughs> and you still bringing that bullshit up? You don't want to beat this man? I love the fact Tearing that- up kids drawings and okay, shit. Okay, kicking skillets like it ain't shit. Kicking over skillets. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite promos of, of the year last year. Um, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't want a draw. You you should want the dub. You should want that extra five minutes. The fact that he doesn't and he's bringing it up the soul. I don't even know the fact that he really wants to win the title as much as he wants Swerve not to win it. That's what heels do. No, oh yeah, he is taking the pin in that match one way oh, or yeah. another. Oh yeah, yeah. Whoever is going to come out as a champion, Paige is going to eat the pin. Tony Storm uh, has this video that is just fucking bigger. I mean, like legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this shit. I'm like, it's, it's rare when leg- I don't say anything. It I watch this in complete, awed silence. So fucking good. I mean, I. I, it's legitimately bizarre. I know. And it that's is the fucking whole, weird. That's this whole Tony Storm run where it's time with Tony Storm. You it's just, just don't know. weirder. I know. And this was just as weird. It's going to get just, weirder. <laughs> you got Luther, you know, putting the coat over her face, clothes curling up, her facial expressions. And then the end when they showed the new tattoo, I was like, ah, perfect. Right. This ultimately is going to help this match because this is one of the few matches I'm not looking forward to because I think ultimately Tony Storm is going to retain. All I right. just hope that uh, Deanna just looks good in the process. Okay, we got to talk about this next part. So uh, the Young Bucks face top flight. <laughs> <laughs> young Bucks are still wearing the white suits with the dried blood on it. The dried blood is now brown. So I have to think that that is actually the same suits. I, I would be surprised if it's not. They are wrestling in these suits. Yes. Trifling, and they're <laughs> and they're wrestling top. Like, they're wrestling top flight you, in you a pretty good match. Right? Um, they do the EVP trigger. Well, first of all, there's one Ooh. point where Matt Jackson says these guys are really good. After Look he takes you. a bump, I'm so proud of you. Good job. Good job. Oh, I knew. Yeah, I knew. I could see his hairline. <laughs> um, 
but then they uh, they cut a you know an evil promo. Tony Schiavone gets up there. They uh, they find find him a thousand dollars. Tony Schiavone <laughs> kind of gets down on his knees and they get ready. They they like give the look and they're like, oh, we're gonna give him the EVP trigger. Like, and Darby not. Allen comes in. <laughs> Darby Allen comes down, and makes it safe. Darby Allen. Cut a a promo. That, I said scathing on Twitter. Yeah, it was a scathing <laughs> promo. I don't know if it's the promo that should have come after he they beat up the old man and his kids the week before. I would probably would have included something about that. But he cuts a he cuts a work shoot promo basically on the young bucks about how they only hired their friends and uh, Brandon Cutler cut, catching oh. shrapnel. Oh. <laughs> He's somewhere doing some production. He's probably backstage. Um, Darby Allen says they only hired their friends, said they only stuck around because the money was good and the travel was light, uh, said that they didn't want him. And, and like Darby Allen was such a slam dunk, but they didn't like him. It's like, but um, anyway, what do you think about the Darby Allen promo? Ouch. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> he's getting a little heated. Um, I love that. I love the promo. Honestly, it it just gives more reason for fans that don't like the Bucks. Here's more of a reason not to like the Bucks for those who are like me that like the Bucks, but I shouldn't say but, but but like the Bucks and like the fact that they're heels. This is you know reinforcing the reason why I want them to, to continue to be heels. So for me, this is all a build towards the eventual Revolution Tag Team match. Um, I I would assume the Bucks would win, but I don't know anymore. This promo is so good that I would almost want to see Sting and Darby win this match and have Sting right off into the sunset. You know, the, you would have a vacant tag team championship you figured out from that point. Part of me wants to see that. A part of me just knows that that's just not the right thing to do. Bucks as the heel tag team champions would be a nice way to start off 2024 on a on a tag team division that's been kind of lacking as of late. This is the best version of Darby Allen. Uh cocky pissed off Darby Allen. I like I like a cocky Darby Allen. No, look, the fact that he said what he said was a, I didn't see it coming, so I love the fact that it was a surprise. But B, it it nailed on the fact, like I said, these ain't your, you know, uh, what's the uh, the song they came out to uh, when they them and uh, carry on my wayward carry on my wayward son. Okay, that ain't them no more. <laughs> Those guys are gone. <laughs> These guys are here. They are assholes. They were getting ready to take out Tony. I was just like, damn, you getting ready to trick Tony Giovanni? How you gonna do this shit? Uh, I, I love it. I love the whole segment. There's nothing wrong with it. The fact that Sting wasn't even there didn't even bother me. Just about to say, Darby carried the weight of two guys in that segment. Bang bang scissor gang. Uh, do a <laughs> backstage thing. I mean, these guys sound like the first three minutes of a band from Ringside episode. It's just bit after bit after bit after bit after bit after bit. Everybody's after, getting their everybody's, shit in. Everybody's saying their fucking catchphrases and doing their little fucking things. Bones has got to squeeze in that everybody loves the acclaim. It's like, dude, there's nobody around. You got to scream like that, man. 
<laughs> Poor Austin's getting shitted on. He's like, hey, I got a good idea. Then Billy's like, guns hey. up. <laughs> no, he's Scissor like, no. Daddy. He's like, no, I got a good idea. A 12-man tag team. You know, I used to do this to him. I was like, oh, God. I don't want to see a 12-man tag bit team. Bit after bit. Six is good Everybody's enough. Everybody's doing their bits. <laughs> Take two of the fucking Quain uh, and one from the Gold Club, uh, Bullet Club Gold. Run them out. There's a six-man tag. I do not want to see all 12 of these motherfuckers in a match. It does not appeal to me in the slightest. I'm having a hard enough time accepting this as a faction, and now you run off and do this shit? Nah, hard pass. Uh, Willow Nightingale beats Sky Blue. Listen, I you know I watch these two on television a, a few segments every single week. They've been part of my life for a few months. I can't tell you what the story is here. I don't know if there really is a story. Is Sky se. Blue hypnotized by Julia Hart? Were her and Will Nightingale really that tight? I don't understand what's going on here. Honestly, I think it's more about Stokely interfering at the end and Willow not exceeding this shit. So that to me is the whole reason that I even tripped off of this match. The match itself was fine. Nothing big. You know, Sky Blue is, you know, slowly, you know, working my way to where now I'm appreciating her past the fat ass. That's a good thing. But to me, the whole moral of the story is Stokely interfered, Willow didn't see it, and then takes advantage of it for the dub. Um, Can we talk about Matt Taven? Of course. I love Matt Taven. All right, so Matt Taven, Ring of Honor heavyweight champion at one time. Yep. Uh, a guy that's been in AEW for a while and has not done shit, really, except <laughs> for you know be, wear a mask and beat guys up and then kind of be part of Roddy Strong's comedy act. It's easy to forget. Oh, Matt Taven can fucking go, dude. Matt Taven fights Orange Cassidy in the main event of AEW Dynamite. Orange Cassidy with two main events in the same week, both fucking bangers. The guy is out there, and he's doing the damn thing. What did you think about this? I didn't even know it was a Texas death match until I started watching. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, how do we, you know, elevate to a Texas death match? You know, whatever. You know, I'm here for it. You know, let them fucking fight. And it started off slow, so I'm like, now I'm really getting pissed. Like, we, there's no reason for it. And then all of a sudden, Orange got busted open. I'm like, oh, now we got this motherfucker going on. And then from that point, it he got just, real busted yeah, open. Yeah, I didn't even realize how bad it was until the end where you, I saw, you know, the side of his face. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, you get some stitches. Matt Taven man. just doing suicide dives in the tables. Head first. Nobody to catch him. Doesn't even care. Nope. God bless him. I'm like, man. I'm just going to jump into this shit. You knew OC was getting ready to move. I was like, dude, don't do Never mind. You going in. He he jumped from really far away. Oh, yeah. He didn't really put his (laughs) hands out either. He was just kind of like, you know, his hands were forward, but it it wasn't like to brace his shit. It was just because, you know, this is what you do and you die. You die with your hands forward. He hit that motherfucker tough. It was it was a way better match than I thought it was. Even with the predictable, he basically pitch, way speared match. Yeah, he speared himself into the fucking table. I'm like, dude, from, what the fuck is from wrong outside with the you? ring? Yeah, like, All right, y'all. I mean, this match don't mean much, but yeah, go ahead, knock yourselves out. Way better than I thought. Matt Taven should have been utilized a little better, just in the sense of him and Mike Bennett, more so Matt Taven, obviously. You could have used them better in the build to having them become uh, part of the Undisputed Kingdom. It's neither here nor there. 
I would like to see Taven get a run singles-wise. If he does it, it's not the end of the world. AEW's fucking loaded. There's plenty of guys that's going to be able to uh, fill that role. But for this one rollout match, Matt Taven reminded me how good he can be. Yeah, let's see him wrestle some more. Uh, That's going to do it for our two count. So, Jason, I'll leave it up to you for the three count, but let's talk about New Japan, but how do you want to talk about it? Do you want to just talk about the big matches? Yeah, we're just talking about the big matches. That's fine. Because I I watched a lot of it, but I didn't pay attention to very much. I paid attention to Okada Tanahashi. I paid attention to ZSJ versus Brian Danielson, of course. Of course. And I paid attention for the whole hour and four minutes of the five-on-five match. Those are the three big ones as I see them. No, that's fine. We can talk about that. I was going to say the tag team titles changed hands, but oh, there was that too. Yes. Yeah, that that, that kind of sold more so to my point. Uh, God bless Kenta. God bless Chase Owens. Just not who I want to see as tag team champions. No, TMDK I was. Is, I was shocked. Yes, uh, and I shouldn't have been because that was Bullet Club fuckery at its finest. But like I said, TMDK should have been champs, and if they're not champs at this point, at some point this Fucking year, I'm gonna Chase off. Owens and Kenta. Yep. What the fuck, That's man. what I said. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be bullshit. So let's get this shit straight. These two motherfuckers have won the titles, and TMDK can't win shit. They've lost twice for the tag team titles and once for the never six-man titles. Fuck you guys. Fuck Gato. You pissing me off, nigga. Um, well, okay, let's start with uh, Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. ends up going over. Did you enjoy this match more than their Wrestle Dream match? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, me it, too. It, it's not a knock against the Wrestle Dream match. I think that was a, a, a really great match there, too. But they both tell. Fight forever. They tell two different stories. This match was more so of ZSJ getting his receipt. Doing it in a way where he wrestled Daniel Bryanson, and that's words I don't think you can ever say. I didn't think I ever would say, but the crucifix finish, you just got out wrestled flat out. You know, I would love to see the submission. That's what, you know, personally I'd rather see, but the fact that he won is a good first positive step for Zack Sabre in the New Japan world. This was one of the first five-star matches and probably one of the matches of the year so far, at least across the board. I don't care, you know, what corporation it is, what promotion it is. You can pull this motherfucker on, and it will hold up against anything. There have been some incredible matches already this year. We are midway through February. Um, probably four or five match of the year candidates. Oh, sure. I mean, that you could name right now. This this is on that short list or long list, however you want to see it. No, but it's a short list. This is this is one I think is going to be talked about. I'm just saying it's a time. long list for it being the middle of February. <laughs> but it is on the short list of uh, match of the year thus far. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It was exactly what you expected, and I expected a lot. No, I, I had, no, I had high expectations for this shit. I was going to say, otherwise I would be lying. I didn't have, like, you know, the same expectations for Tanahashi and Okada, and then all of a sudden Tanahashi decided he wanted to dial the clock back and look like he was, you know, four or five years ago, and, you know, he's doing high fly flows from the inside out. I'm just like, oh, shit, okay, here we go. The only thing I had a problem with it is just Okada winning on the way out. I mean, I like Okada. Dare I say I love the motherfucker. Arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world. I don't like the fact that he decided, and that's the rumor that I'm hearing or I've read or whatever the case may be, 
that he decided that he was not going to lose on the way out. I don't, I'm not necessarily a big fan of that if that's what happened. Certain times you're just going to have to take the L. This was a perfect time to do it. It's Tanahashi. We're not asking for him to take the fall to, to Fujita or you, 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 you or Mura. It's Tanahashi. Damn. You can go ahead and take a three count to Tanahashi and everybody walks away happy. Neither here nor there. It's not a huge deal. I'm not sure how Zack Sabre Jr. is going to get a hold of Okada before he walks out the door because that's Zack Sabre Jr.'s mission before Okada leaves. I'm not sure that happens. I will say, though, if he does, he being Okada goes to AEW, that still keeps the door open to where Okada can come back and challenge Zack Sabre Jr. when Zack Sabre Jr. wins the IWGP championship. I loved in the Zack Sabre Jr. Daniel Bryan match uh, how petty both those assholes seemed to oh, each other. Dude. Just fucking. They kicked the shit out of each other a couple of times. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, in the face. They were just laying there kicking each other in the face. He's like, come on, smacking come each on, other and shit. Come on. I'm just like, oh, oh, stop, stop. Um, Okada Tanahashi, I didn't, you know. Tanahashi can certainly take that loss. It doesn't matter. It, uh, it's not the end. He's Okada, the fucking president. Uh, right. Of course uh, it's Okada, fine. well, I'm losing to Okada. There's no shame in losing to Okada. No. Everybody loses to Okada except for Jonah. And uh, it's, I just, it wasn't the match that I wanted to see. I'd rather see Okada versus Uemura if Okada's going to win anyway. I don't know. I don't want to see fucking Tanahashi versus Okada. We've seen it a million times. It was literally like what the day before it was the two eleven, so it was the the next day was like the anniversary of Okada beating Tanahashi. So in that scenario, I get it. Not to be- <laughs> That's me jerking off. <laughs> That's not, it's. I get the symmetry of it. It's. Did I want to see that match? No. Other matches I want to see Okada. You know. Before he leaves for New Japan for a little bit, I would assume he's coming back. His reaction post match just makes me feel like at some point he'll be back, especially if he's going to sign with AEW. That door will always be open. I thought if he signed with, even if he signed with WWE, at some point if he wanted to come back, it would be a Nakamura type of thing. I mean, you could come over for one night, have a match, come back, everybody walks away happy. The main event. Uh, that I saw because I only watched the one. I didn't. I didn't know that there were three or two or whatever. But it was five on five. It was basically a war games match with only one ring, and that's fair to say, right? Yes. And um, it was United Empire versus Bullet Club. Uh, Bullet Club ends up dismantling the United Empire until it's just Will Ospreay left. Uh, they beat the shit up Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay takes the loss with all five Bullet Clubs standing around him. Um, waits about three minutes and then cuts a five-minute promo, but, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Like, hey, man, you that, didn't sell it for that long. Hey, hey man, um, look, that's New Japan's theater at its finest right there, man. Shit. Still, uh, this match was an hour and four minutes long. Uh, that is a long yeah. time. Yeah. And thank God I had other stuff to do while I was watching it. Nah. Because, God damn, that is a long fucking match. I had no idea. I thought I was settling in for a regular 30-minute War Games match. You and me and that shit kept going, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? When they started tearing up the ring, I was like, okay, we're we're taking this into There were still 15 minutes left after that. I was like, we're taking this to a place. Maybe not. I did not even. No, it was, it was a good solid 15 minutes after that. Easily. Because I'm sitting there watching this shit. I'm like, no way. No way. 
Coughlin fell through the ring. And then somebody else damn near fell through it first. I think it was Gabe Kidd or somebody like that. That's when it was started. Unprotected headshots everywhere. Hanari, God bless that dude. Gabe Kidd, God bless that dude. Hanari bleeding all over the place. Comes back in with his face bandaged up like a mummy. I was like, he looked like a goddamn mummy. They were really selling it, too. I thought they did a great job. I'm talking about the announcers, uh, Walker... uh, Walker Stewart and uh, Chris Charlton. Yes, they did a great job of selling that Hernari was actually hurt. And I was like, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, they're doing concussion protocol on him and shit. They're just selling the fucking shit out of it. Oh, he's got the, the best doctors in the city. They're helping him out and everything. And then uh, he comes back in with his face wrapped up and still takes a beating. I'm like, dude, stop. They still kick the shit yeah, out of him. I'll be beat him like he stole something. It wasn't like, like he came back like Willis Reed and won the game. Nope. He fucking got the shit smacked out of him. <laughs> Not even close. That boy caught that work. I'm like, man, y'all need to stop. Leave on Ari alone. You got Jeff Cobb and Callum Newman over here handcuffed to the post. Whoop on these motherfuckers. <laughs> well, Osprey takes the pin, or the final pin. Um, and... I would say that the standout, if there was somebody that stood out to me as really uh, fun in this match, besides Gabe Kidd, but Gabe Kidd, I was expecting it. Those unprotected headshots are just like, guys, you guys don't have to do I this shit. I really hope those are rig chairs. I'll yeah. say that and leave I mean, that. the one did just kind of pop off, and I was like, okay, that's a rig chair. But they it, they didn't look rigged no. for those first couple. No. Um, but... Gave kids a lot of fun. I was, I thought that Akira was fucking awesome in the match. I, I really loved him. The story being told, you know, it was hard not to uh, root for Francisco Akira. He was basically getting bullied. You know, war dogs were, you know, basically punking him out with fucking forks and shit. So now, you know, when he came into the ring and uh, he came off the top rope, or not even the top rope, the top of the cage, I was like, okay, now, you know, Francisco Akira is having his, you know, redemption moment. Ultimately, that fell through, too, as well. So it's going to be interesting just to see how United Empire – Go, does moving forward if there is going to be a United Empire because obviously Will Ospreay is moving to AEW. Um, if there is, who's the leader of United Empire? Because obviously, once again, Will Ospreay is gone, so somebody's going to have to uh, step up to the void. And then obviously, you know, the big winners of this is the uh, the Bullet Club, establishing them as one of the uh, the strong heel factions in New Japan. David Finley getting the pin on Will Ospreay only helps him towards the build with um, one Nick Nemeth coming up. I believe that's on the 23rd of this month for the uh, the Global Heavyweight Championship. So, I mean, it took an hour to get there. Can we? And it just got sketchy at certain points. But I like this match. I liked it a lot. Let's be real. This was a snooze fest. I liked it. Were you, would you consider yourself enthralled by it? Were you interested the entire time? Did you ever look at your phone? How many times did you look at your phone? I didn't look at my phone, but I did you have didn't to. look at your phone through an hour and four minute match? I did have to get up and stretch my legs. I was like, okay, this is taking longer than I anticipated. You could have taken a shower. It could have been a sh- <laughs> an hour shower? Jesus No, Christ. just a regular shower. You still got <laughs> fucking 50 minutes. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I, I could have did all my shit, get ready for work, and then uh, in that time frame. I can understand how people are saying that is this is a, a way longer match. Brett agrees with you, said it was too long. Totally get it. Oh, he did? Nice. Yeah. But for me, 
This was a match. Ooh, I liked him. <laughs> and that, that's why I'm going to never make sure you guys ever meet. This was a match that told two different stories. It closes the Will Ospreay story for the moment. Like I said, he and Okada, I'm sure, come back at a certain point. But more so importantly, this makes, you know, the Bullet Club a – it feels like that heel faction of New Japan. They just basically demolished United Empire. And it was, it shouldn't have been easy. It should have took an hour. So I ain't got no problem with that. It, it's it's a memorable way for Will Ospreay to go out. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, I will not forget this shit. There, there's no doubt about that. He gave a very impassioned promo at the end, said he will be back, said he, he thanked uh, the people of Japan for their love and support, uh, reiterated that he will be back, which I thought was a nice touch. He seemed uh, really genuine in that moment. Him and uh, Okada showed way more emotion. Okada more so because, I mean. Okada cried. Is, yeah, I mean, several I thought, times. He, I thought he was a sociopath. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, just that dude's crying. You don't see him have that emotion. and to see no, he's that a happen, fucking robot. Yeah, he's the Terminator of, of New Japan at that point. It, to see him just break down multiple times was just weird to see. He almost got me breaking down at some point. So, I mean, it's going to be weird to see Okada not be there. It's going to be weird to see. Did you cry? I cried for Will Ospreay. I didn't cry for Okada. Ospreay I, just seemed to touch me a little more. He, it's, the, I didn't cry. I, didn't, I don't expect you to. I mean, you know, Will Ospreay, I think, is arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world. And the fact that he's leaving one of my favorite promotions to go to AEW bothers me a little bit. So the fact that he said that he will be back makes me feel happy. And I've gotten the chance to watch a good chunk of mm-hmm. the back part of his New Japan career, which has a, I have a connection, an affinity to him, if you will. So, obviously, I'll be rooting for him moving forward. The words he said struck me. I, I did shed a tear. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. I mean, it has been the last few years have been the era of Will Ospreay over That's, there. The I last mean, 18 months, I would say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, firing all on all cylinders, having – and then Takesta's his first match in AEW. Get the fuck out of here! I mean, God just damn. all sorts of match of the year candidates. Uh, as far don't, as the don't beef, take it easy coming in here. If the beefers are concerned, yeah, him versus Takesta is going to be on fire. Anything else uh, from this new beginnings that uh, you want to touch on? Hair versus hair. Yomura versus Yoda Suji. I believe that is the twenty fourth. Um, that's somebody's hair is going to be shaved. If I had to take a guess. I'm guessing it's going to be Suji that's going to get the head no shaved. No fucking I, way. Look. Are they going to shave that beautiful man's head of hair? But they both got beautiful hair. Shit. I was about to say, I'm mad for both no, of them at this point. Yeah, Suji is just no way. They're shaving that them locks. Look. That fucking, <laughs> that fucking mane. I, I think that's the reason. It would be more so of a That'd be shock a real factor. shame. Oh, that would be a real shame. Well, we've seen them both shaved. It's not like it's going to be something unusual. It's just been a while, and the, to me, when I was thinking about it, which would be more shocking to see someone get their hair cut, I'm a huge Suji fan. To see him lose his hair, I would just be literally speechless as they were cutting his shit. Yeah, Yo Suji's the man. Don't, oh, yeah. don't cut that hair off. He's ba- well, he, and he basically called out uh, Naito, basically saying that at some point, if you're the champion, I'm going to have to get you, the title off you to do what I want to do. So, little friction in LIJ. I don't mind that because ultimately, Naito ain't going to be around and Yo Suji is. So, if you're going to put the title on it, you might as well take it off Naito to do it. All right, that's going to do it for our three count. One. 
All right, so we can touch on some uh, NXT stuff before we get out of here. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Do you know what Obafemi marks are called? No. Obafeminists. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I, can't, I cannot believe I, I walked into that. That that bothers me that I literally walked into that. You didn't walk in. I, I just heard it on Twitter. You, you didn't make that up? That's no, no, no. I didn't make that up. I heard somebody say Oba Feminist, and I'm like, that's good. <laughs> just like Oma Sapien. <laughs> Both are funny, but just, I, got, I was like, I, what you said, and I was just like, damn it. I should have seen that shit coming. Oba Feminist is a fucking just, god damn. You, I don't know if you, if it's even possible to fumble Oba Feminist. He is off to an amazing start. Dragon Lee obviously was a good match on Vengeance Day. Lexus King is intriguing because I just assumed that Obafemi was going to be a heel the way that uh, he started off with Dragon Lee. But now, Lexus King is out there. He's the hate on Lexus King. Lexus King. The Nia Jax of NXT. Yeah, good. <laughs> he uh, can't go no place. The Wolf Dogs are your <laughs> new... NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, they they beat, it clean. They beat the family uh, clean. Fucking really good match. What'd you think of it? No, it was it was a really good match. Uh, I like Corbin and Braun's chemistry together. The fact that they even got to the final, I was just like, wow. Weeks ago, you'd have never thought they could even be on the same page, much less be tag team champions. So it's the odd couple wins out. I thought this match was really good. Tony D'Angelo, I thought, really stood out with in certain points being, you know, the strong guy throwing Braun around. He's got a, a bright future at some point if he goes back to singles. But I'm going to say it. The right team went over. Even if it's for a short-term hot shot, you know, moment, Braun – um, Braun's got now gotten all the titles, I believe, at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure he won the North American title. Obviously, the NXT Championship rounds it out for him. But Baron Corbin has done really good work coming back to NXT. So, yeah, put the going on. I didn't know he was six years without a title. Jesus. You know what's a really cool name for a stable? The No Quarter Catch Crew. Not a huge fan. You don't like that name? Not a huge fan. Too hard to say? No, I can say it. It's just... I'm not I, saying I you to, can't say it. I, I, I'm just I saying it's to, too, is it too much of a mouthful. Be, I need you to be no quarter about your shit then. Stop talking about it. Be about it. You got really good. You, Charlie Dempsey, really good. Drew Gulak, really good. Damon Kemp, he's okay. I don't see enough of him to really uh, get uh, all excited about him. You got good guys that can go, but you don't have them wrestling. I don't mind the name. Just um. What about the name metaphor? You like that? That's just funny. <laughs> That's really good. Um, That's just funny. They are funny. Noah uh, Dar is somebody that is so underrated just as a comedic um, presence. You know, when they were back when No Catch Quarter Crew was backstage and – they were, you know, fawning over the Heritage Cup. You know, Norm Dar just came back there. It's like, you know, get away from my shit. I can't remember what he said. But it was just, it was so, his comic timing is so good. And Metaphor plays a nice supporting cast around him. Last Legend, I think, is stepping up her game. I think she's a future uh, star in the making. 
Metaphor is a good heel faction, and they're entertained on top of it. Uh, Carmelo Hayes fights Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy loses, of course. Dijak comes out and puts Joe Gacy in a straitjacket. I'm completely cool with Dijak uh, getting something to do. Obviously, friend of me of the show. Friend of me of the show. Uh, and I think that he is underused. Um, are they making Joe Gacy a fucking baby face? What kind of sense is that? I, mean, that I don't know. Sense at, all. No, it, it, at, at this point, I'm kind of over Joe Gacy. I think this is uh, – where was the straight jacket at on at Vengeance Day? But whatever. Um, it was caught up in the mail. Yeah, clearly. He doesn't pay for Amazon Prime. <laughs> I was about to say, use mine. It'll get here in two days. Um, You're going to give Donovan Dijak your uh, Amazon fr- Prime membership? He's me into the show. I mean, I mean that's a good point. <laughs> no, anyway, anyway uh, this was fine. I like the uh, I like the Carmelo Joe Gacy match. Joe Gacy can work. It just this gimmick that he's been saddled with is kind of like the dyad uh, when they were grizzled young veterans and they became the dyad in NXT. Right. That never worked, and now I've seen them in Impact the last couple weeks, and they're the team that I liked before they got to NXT. Maybe this is the same thing with Joe Gacy, at least for me. Um, but the only other thing I want to say about NXT, and that we've probably been remiss in not mentioning it the last couple of weeks, is my favorite thing about uh, Andre Chase is that as he gets broker and broker, his hair gets worse and worse. And it's just like hanging in front of his eyes. And Your stuff. boy was like, doing. <laughs> he's all unkempt and shit. That's Your, really good stuff. Your boy was going through that pair of Corbin phase. He was all unkempt. The shirt was out. The hair was undone. It watching that ride and now watching it come back to where JC Jane has saved uh, Andre Chase U. It's a fun ride. I was waiting to see how JC Jane gets caught up. She can't be this great forever. Something has to happen where there's a little controversy that comes around her again. But this is, it's now that Carmelo and Trick is on the side for the moment, Chase U is a nice little angle for me to watch. All right, that's uh, that'll be it for our odds and ends. Hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Anything else from odds and ends that I'm missing? Anything else from odds and ends that I'm missing? I think that's it. That's that's really something really funny just happened. Yeah, right. Um, no, hey, hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, Rich Swan is 33. Gangrel. Gangrel. Uh, he's alive. 55. Big John Stud. Definitely dead. <laughs> 76. Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger, is 43. Jack Gallagher. Remember him? Yeah. I was going to say, he got me too. Yeah, he got me too. Uh, 34. Gail Kim is 47. Killian Dane. Hope he's doing well. Uh, 39. Brodus Clay. 51 years young. Got a lot of run left in him. Four years <laughs> eligibility. <laughs> Motherfucker, Motherfucker's got no, a lot of championships no. in front of him. <laughs> no. no see, you lucky he got that one, okay? Let's not push it and act like he's going to win another World Heavyweight Championship anytime soon. And okay? finally, this one blew me away. Carlito is my age. Carlito is 45 years old. <laughs> what the fuck is that about, man? Wow. <laughs> that means he was really young in his first run. Yeah, I was really say young. Early 20s young. Yeah, so uh, he's 45. So happy birthday to all those. 
Hey everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For my wife, Erin, for all my pets and beautiful daughter inside, for Vice, for Tinder Mahal, for Lucha Chris, for Murray the Birdman, Murray for the Patriot Pat, for Brett Jagger, for, did I say Tinder Mahal? Yes. For three beers, Zach Pullman. We'll see you next week for Jason Cornelius Bell. I am Bill Vegi. Black Lives Matter. Uh, Support your local weed dealer. Support your local restaurant. Call your parents and never, ever forget to boo the heels. Ooh, bitch.